So we are continuing the series titled Hebel as we are studying our way through the book of Ecclesiastes. This is week five. Actually, next week will be the conclusion of this series. So we are wrapping up our study on Ecclesiastes. Um, and again, the unofficial start of summer, right, is after this weekend of Memorial Day. And so just so you're aware where we're headed for the summer, um, as we transition into our summer schedule, we got lots of, again, different things coming up from our barbecue coming up in June. And so we want you to definitely... Um, you know, one, be involved with that. We have signups out there as well as uh, invites. And so it is time, again, that's is an outreach event. We want you to invite friends, invite community. We are throwing just a fun party um, for everyone to come and to, to meet them, to open up relationships. And, and we hope that this barbecue can truly be the first step of someone's spiritual journey. And so, again, invite people, bring them with you. Come with your family. We'll have a great time. We'll eat. We will play games. We will hear music. We will have a great time out there in June uh, in that. And also, as you get into summer, just know that um, we are going to be studying through the Gospel of Luke throughout the summer. So we are going to read through the entire Gospel of Luke. And so um, yeah, we're going to do two chapters a week, okay, but we're not going to actually cover two chapters in the sermon because we all don't want to be here that long. Um, but... That, but I encourage you, though, to, to read the Gospel of Luke, right, in two, two chapters a week. Um, and that's, that's going to be our pace as we go through it. So you'll do your own personal study. And like I said, we will um, highlight it, right, each Sunday as we study through the Gospel of Luke throughout the summer. So whether you're on vacation or here with us in person or watching online, you can always just follow along and keep yourself in God's Word all through the summer and stay caught up with us. Um, but so today, again, we are working through... Um, week five of our Hebel series. And so as we get studied through the book of Ecclesiastes, um, we, we've seen all these different things that he's presented in life, right, that we search after and, and that we seek to try and find fulfillment in and within this world. And, and as, again, the wisest man has ever lived, King Solomon, um, he got that wisdom from God and, and he just experienced and tried out all kinds of things as he set on this quest of what really matters in life. And again, we've seen throughout the weeks of, uh, of all these different things that he's brought up and things that he's tried and, and seen and found that they are completely empty without God. Um, again, uh, we start off with the intro week of looking at the whole book and, and how, how he comes to the conclusion in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. And he says, that's the whole story and here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands for this is everyone's duty. Again, that is the message of the entire book, right? That... that it, it's all Hebel except for God. He's the only thing that brings meaning. Again, Hebel is that Hebrew word that he uses over and over and over again throughout the book um, that is translated as meaningless in the NLT translation, and, and yet it, it's a very difficult word. Again, we've looked at that, but yet it's just everything is meaningless except for God. Right? And that's what he does throughout the book is he bounces around through all these different topics of, of looking at all the different things that we chase after as humans trying to find meaning. And again, we, in week two, we looked at success. And, and again, he compares worldly success versus godly success. And we looked at that in that week. In week three, we looked at pleasure and wealth. And, and there we saw literally he, he dove in, denied himself nothing, and, and indulged into the, the world's definition of a wife, life well lived, right? And found it was all completely hebel because God was not in it. And then last week we looked at justice and, and how the, the truly justice is the Lord's, right? And that we long for justice because 
God himself is just, is a part of his character, and we are created in God's image, and so we long for that. And yet we can't find it anywhere other than in God. And now today we are looking at the last topic um, that he searches and, and, and dives into, and that is notoriety and position. Right? Being famous. Right? Being the boss, right? Being the one in charge. I mean, we, we have this, this, this idea, right, that is fed to us through our culture and our world that, that that's how you truly make it, right? Is, is everybody knows your name. And, and yet we, we look at this and we see our, our world dives into this. I mean, look at our celebrity culture. I, I mean, we see that, that again, and, and the whole idea of a celebrity has kind of shifted a little bit in recent years, right? It used to be you know, TV stars or movie stars, you know, now, like, the, I'd say that the top of the cultural chain is a YouTube influencer, <laughs> right? Now, again, it's all, I mean, the, the mediums have shifted, but yet the, the, the core reality is still the same, right? That, that we want to be known, right? We want to, to have our name in lights, right? We want to be, to be famous, and, and yet if we look at that celebrity culture, I've always sat back and wondered, and like, I'm like, why, why do we put them on a pedestal? Why do we care so much about the personal details of their lives? Yeah, like, I mean, I get it. They're in front of everybody, right? They're widely marketed, and, and we all kind of recognize their face or, or whatever it would be, but when you look at you know, whether it's a movie star or a sports star or whatever it is, like, um, even if they're really good at golf, I really don't care what their favorite flavor of ice cream is. Right? And yet, these are the kinds of things that we report on in our culture, right? And, and again, we, it's just celebrity culture is just a very interesting thing. But again, from YouTube influencers to TikTok challenges, people will do anything to get a lot of likes and a lot of views and to get up a few notches on the the realm of life, right, and being known. And again, we not just notoriety, right, in, in, in that, but also in position, right? This, this again, we all kind of long for this, this power play, right, that we all inherently want to be the boss. <laughs> again, as many of you know, we have a toddler in my house, right, and we constantly remind her who the boss is. Right? And, and yet, as we think about this, right, the, we have these things kind of ingrained in us. I mean, and, and we think about why. Like, why is this something that we long for? Why do we think we'll find meaning in it? And, and again, Solomon sought this and said, is this something that will find meaning outside of who God is? This notoriety, this position, right, will it bring fulfillment? Right, he asks this question in our base text today, explores it in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. So if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to open with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. If you're here with us in person and don't have your own Bible with you, there's ones in the seats you're welcome to use. If you're with us online, we're glad to have you as well. Um, and you can open up your Bible. We're going to read uh, verses 7 through 12. So Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4, starting at verse 7. He says, and I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is all so meaningless and depressing. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. 
but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Again, as we look at this text, again, as he sits back and kind of, again, ponders the things of this world, and, and again, whether it's notoriety and position, he, he comes up with his first conclusion, right, about why this doesn't fulfill us. Okay? And that is that notoriety and position can be lonely. Again, he sits back and says, well, well you know, even if you, you hit the, the height of world's Definition, right? Even if you're wealthy, if in, even if you're well-known, you're famous, all these things, you can sit back and realize, though, if I don't have someone here with me, it's completely hell. Right? And he points out, right, that, that loneliness, right, comes in to be one of the, the, the hardest things to deal with. No matter how successful you are on any other scale, if you're by yourself, it's completely hevel. And then he goes in, and even just his own reasoning, and he talks about these, these observations, right, about how important people are. Right? I mean, his ultimate conclusion, right, is that people are not hevel. Right? That people come with meaning. That people matter. Okay? That relationship is that important. Right? More than any notoriety, more than any position, more than any wealth, more than any, anything else that we can seek after in life. Again, and he literally calls out several different things here in this text about how important people are. And the first thing he points out in verse 8 is how people can give us motivation to keep going. Now again, we've all dealt with that temptation, haven't we? It just, you know what, I'll just quit. We've all felt that before. And yet the number one reason to keep going in life, right, is because someone else is relying on me. If I don't do it, they will suffer. So I will keep going. Right? People bring us motivation. Right? It's, in fact, it's the biggest motivator in life, right, to keep going. The next thing is, or is in the next verse, in verse 9, he talks about how people bring, gives us success. That you will be more successful with help. Right? And we've all felt this before, haven't we? When we have this huge, overwhelming task in front of us. Right? What's our first thought always is, who can help me? Right? I will be here forever if I do this by myself. <laughs> right? People bring us success. Again, even in that, even if it's not a physical task, right, which, which we know that, that more hands make for light work, right? But even if it's not a physical task, even, even just a fresh pair of eyes or a fresh perspective, right, can bring a, a whole breath of fresh air into a situation, right, where we can find, again, new success as they motivate us to keep going. Yeah, which leads kind of into the next observation, which kind of builds on top of that. In verse 10, he points out how people give us help. Again, we know that we're better off with more. Right? And because there's so many times that we need help in life. Right? And work is a lot easier with extra hands, with more strength. Right? And in fact, we know that, that whether it's 
with people, right, is, or, or even if we put animals together, whatever, they can accomplish exponentially more, right, when they team together than you can as individuals. And, and he observes this, right, about how, how people help us and, and make just everything becomes easier when it's done together. Which leads to the last thing he points out in verse 12, right, is that people also give us safety. Right, that we're safer together. Again, he says a single one can be easily defeated. Right? But yet when we you know, bind together and, and help each other out and watch each other's back. And again, we know this to be true, right? Because the only thing worse than a really scary situation is being in that scary situation alone. <laughs> right? I mean, we, we've all experienced the, the truths of what he observes here. And, and then he kind of concludes this section, this idea of how, how important people are and, and how that people are not Hebel at all with, with this kind of very famous verse, right? The last part of Ecclesiastes 4.12, where he says that three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Again, the, when we add in not just two, but get to three, then again, our, our exponential strength, exponential success, motivation, um, all of those things start to really work together. Now, this, this verse, again, again, is one of those famous verses out of Ecclesiastes. Um, and, and yet we learn, right, that, that how important it is to not break and yet, that's, again, this secondary observation that he brings up here in this verse is the fact that notoriety and position have a ten- tendency to break people. Right? We've all seen the headlines, right? Of how, again, famous or powerful or, or high-positioned people tend to break. Right? Whether it's a moral failure, substance abuse, mental health issues, right? whatever it might be. Like, like we, we know that, that people cannot handle the notoriety and position sometimes they're given, especially if they're by themselves. Again, what's the number one reason people resign from high positions? To spend more time with my family. Right? We've all heard that phrase before. Right? And we're never surprised. <laughs> Right? But this also implies right, that, that the fact of this position, of this notoriety, of the, the, the weight and responsibility that they carry in these positions can break you. Right? That, that we have to make sacrifices that, that aren't healthy right, in order to stay there. Now again, this verse is also another common application of this verse is applied um, to a married couple. In fact, I've used it myself in weddings, right, of where we have this couple as they're being joined together, but again, the idea especially of a Christian marriage is that it's not just between these two people. It's a covenant with our God, right, and that God's the one that does the true marriage, right, and that when it's three coming together, right, of these two humans being bonded in marriage by God, and he's a part of that marriage, it is exponentially stronger, Right? And again, we, we see this concept. We, we, have, we know this to be true. Right? That people really matter. 
And then he kind of builds on top of this idea, this foundation of, of how people are most important. Then he continues on in this passage, and we're going to continue on read the next section of, of this text. Ecclesiastes 4, we're going to pick up at verse 13, where he says, it, it is better to be poor but wise youth than an old and foolish king who refuses all advice. Such a youth could rise from poverty and succeed. He might even become king, though he has been in prison. But then everyone rushes to the side of yet another youth who replaces him. Endless crowds stand around him, but then another generation grows up and rejects him too. And so it is all meaningless like chasing the wind. As he talks about, again, how people are important and not necessarily the positions, right? Then he kind of, he plays this out, right? And, and, and he, he points out this common thing we see all the time, right? And that is people chasing after their 15 minutes of fame. Because right? he said, because it, it's, it doesn't last, even when you get there, right? Even if you find notoriety, even if you find position, the reality is someone's coming up right behind you to take your place. Right? And as our culture continues to speed up, right? in fact, I think 15 minutes of fame isn't even a full 15 minutes anymore. Because right? everything in our world is getting faster. right? And we, we continue to want it to get faster, don't we? Right? Because, you know, do you remember when, like, just, just look at the internet in, in the last 10 years right? of how much faster it's gotten. Right? And I literally said last night at my house, we have the fastest internet that you can get. And I literally said... Man, it's so slow. Right, well, it might be because we had 14 devices connected. But that's, right. Again, we know that everything's speeding up, right? And yet, I think our 15 minutes of fame really probably only lasts about 12 in today's culture. And yet, we always continue to chase after it. And again, that's the next thing we learn from Solomon here in this section is that notoriety and position are fleeting. Right? It doesn't last. Again, our culture loves to create notoriety. Right? We, we, we literally fabricate it. Okay? And we all feed off of it. Okay? And, and the only you know, example we need to show this is the fat of reality TV. Okay? We literally take normal people, we pluck them out of regular life, we throw them on the screen right, to play a game or or to, to live in a house, right, or do something, right? And, and then we see this reality TV, which we all know is not really real. And yet we all continue to consume it in large amounts. Now, again, I, I self, self-confessed, okay, just one of my favorite TV shows still is Survivor. Okay, one of the original, you know, reality TV shows. Okay, in fact, that this show, again, literally just concluded season 42, it has been on, the, on air for 21 years. And again, I'll say, and literally, even in, the, in the, the finale, right, this last week of season 42, I mean, Jeff Probst, the main producer, the, the main you know, host of Survivor, he literally even said, once again, he's like, I cannot believe we are still doing this. Right? And yet, they continue to evolve, they continue to change it, because people keep watching. Right? And again, why do people keep watching? Well, because we can see ourselves right, in those players. And, and again, it's, there's, there's also really interesting things about Survivor, but that's, that's for a different time. 
Yeah, but from sports figures to movie stars to the next YouTube trend, we are constantly reminded that notoriety and fame can leave as quickly as you find it. Right? That's exactly what Solomon says. Right? In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 16, he says, For the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool, and in the days to come, both will be forgotten. Well, that's sure motivation to keep going, isn't it? And he's saying, just don't chase after the wrong thing, right? Because it's, it's fleeting. You can lose it as fast as you get it. Yeah, and it's not, uh, th- this concept is true, right, about really anything of this world. It's not just fame and notoriety. I mean, even, you know, think about money, right? Money, easy come, easy go, right? We've all experienced that as well. So we, we, again, we, we've seen how, how he's, that, that, that notoriety and position can be lonely, right? Notoriety and position can be fleeting. So is there anything good at all we can find? Well, he continues on uh, as he continues to make his point here in the next section in Ecclesiastes 5, verses 1 through 7. So let's jump right back in here to the next section of text. He says, as you, as you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. That's an interesting verse. It's evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth. So let your words be few. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. Too many words make you a fool. When you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through. For God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to him. It's better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. Don't let your mouth make you sin. And don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. That would make God angry. And he might wipe out everything that you've achieved. Talk is cheap. Like daydreams and other useless activities, fear God instead. Should we just pause for a moment and just let that sink in? (laughs) Talk is cheap. He's saying, again, don't let your mouth cause you to sin. Guilty. Right? Been there, done that. Said stuff I shouldn't have said. Right? Don't let your mouth cause you to sin. In this section, he now gets to the point of what he's been setting up with the previous two sections we read. He gets to what the real problem is with notoriety and position. Okay, and the real problem of notoriety and position is that it feeds our ego. Okay, that's the real problem. Again, it's not that God doesn't want us to be successful. Not that God can't open doors and give us a platform, right, to influence people or or influence the world, right? None of those are inherently evil. The problem is that we can't handle those positions. The problem is our ego gets in the way. Again, in this section, the teacher starts by saying how important people are. And then he talks about how fleeting fame is. And then he makes his big point. Okay, and this is the big point. And the big point is Never trade relationships for self-gratification. 
And he says it pretty strongly. Never aid relationships for self-gratification. Because that is a terrible trait. And yet we also know, right, and we understand that to get to big positions, you usually have to double-cross some people. And he says, don't do it. It's not worth it. That is a terrible trade. Because the reality is that life isn't about us at all. In fact, that's the foundation of the gospel. Right? Is that God is God and we are not. Right? And he says the problem is if you get this, no matter how you get it, right, is that it will feed your ego. And, and, and that's the most dangerous place you can be. Because life's not really about you. And just talking yourself up is completely hebel. Again, people aren't hebel. Relationships are worth it. And they absolutely take work. But yet, if you are full of yourself, you will destroy every other relationship in your life. Hey, let me say that again. If you are full of yourself, you will destroy every other relationship in your life. Selfishness is a surefire path towards being alone. It just is. In fact, we will all probably agree with that, right? Is that we do not want to hang out with somebody who is completely self-absorbed and narcissistic. No thank you. Right? And, and yet, that's what people chase. <laughs> right? We feel like, again, we need to walk all over you to get to the place that I need to be. And Solomon is begging us to not make that trade. Because life is really about relationships. And relationships with others is important. But ultimately, it's about the number one relationship, and that is between you and your God. And I tell you, again, self-absorbed perspectives will not just destroy earthly relationships. It will destroy your relationship with God. And that's what life is all about. It's about relationships, with relationships with other people and ultimately the relationship with God. Again, that is his conclusion, right? Again, Ecclesiastes 5.7. Talk is cheap, like daydreams and other useless activities. Fear God instead. I mean, he very bluntly says what is most important. God being on the throne. That's what's most important. Especially on the throne of your heart. Right? Because there's only room for one on that throne. Right? And that's ultimately, that is the, the message of the gospel, right? Is to kick myself off that throne and put Jesus there. Right? And, and as we look at that, and, and again, as we see how, how, again, Hebel, everything is, except for God. Again, we see his ultimate conclusion as he, as he says it multiple times throughout the entire book. And again, that's always the conclusion, right? And that's why, again, we've started with the last line every time, right? That everything's Hebel except for God. Right? And, and, and we see all these different areas of life, right? And all these things that we chase after. And then we see, as he points out all of this, 
we end up at the teacher's final words in the book. And it's at the very beginning of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. So flip over with me to Ecclesiastes 12. As today, again, as we're, we're stepping down, we're, we're wrapping up this study. And, and as we do that, we're going to read, again, the teacher's final words here in verses 1 through 7 of chapter 12. Okay, where he says, he says, Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old and say that life isn't pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the sun, the moon, and the star is dim in your old eyes and the rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house start to tremble and before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding and before your eyes, the women, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Remember him before the door of life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise to the first chirping of the birds, but then all your sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of, of falling and worry about danger in the streets, before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper, and the capperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the grave your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your creator now, while you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed in the spring and the pulley is broken at the well, for then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. And again, ultimately, in these final conclusion, these ultimate colorful words and a million different ways to describe death, right? In the midst of this, he gets to his final conclusion of why notoriety and position are completely hebel. Because they can make us forget about Right? They can make us buy the ultimate lie, and that is that we don't need God at all. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the common lie of the enemy through all of Scripture, right? You don't need God. Do it yourself. I mean, that's the original lie he gave to Adam and Eve, and it's the lie that's gone through all humanity all the way through. Right? And he's saying, don't forget about God. You need God. The reality is no matter how high up the ladder you get on this earth, there is always someone higher than you. And here as we read these words, these kind of concluding statements, we've kind of gotten used to the teacher's pessimism and sharp edges and blunt statements, haven't we? And yet here in this section, kind of the sharp edges start to come off and, and the teacher's words kind of wrap up as he kind of gets to some concluding statements. Right, this, this is the point in the book where, where we feel like he finally kind of pulls up the chair and sits down, takes a deep breath, and the tone of his voice changes. And he kind of looks us in the eye and says, no matter what, don't forget about Don't make that trade. 
Don't forget about God. You see in Ecclesiastes 8.8, 8, he, he reminds us, right, early in the book, he says, none of us can hold back our spirit from departing. None of us has the power to prevent the day of our death. There's no escaping that obligation, that dark battle. And in the face of death, wickedness will certainly not rescue the wicked. Saying there's only one that will save you. Right? And that's God. There's only one way to be saved. Right? And that's through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Again, at, at the end of your life, no amount of notoriety or position or success or wealth or anything that we've looked at through this entire thing, none of it will help you escape the day of your death. The only thing is God. Right? That, that's all that matters. That's the only thing that will change your eternity. Again, death doesn't care who admires you or how many followers you have on Twitter. We will all end up there. Again, when we, and the reality is our earthly journey will end. I mean, that's, that's the truth. Are we ready for that day? And again, he's pleading with us. He's like, guys, just realize, right? None, nothing else matters if you're not with God. He is the author and perfecter of life. Right? And he holds your eternity in his hands. Again, we'll all end up there. And you need God in your life. And, and as, as we look at this, again, as we sit down, we hear these, again, the tone soften, right, of the teacher and his writings, and, and yet he tells us the truth. And, and again, as I stand here as your pastor this morning, I have to tell you the truth. Your life is nothing unless you're with God. You cannot save yourself. The world will never satisfy, right? And the price has already been paid. All you have to do is accept it. You just surrender your heart and your life to God. Right? Invite him in and he's ready to come. The price has already been paid. The resurrection's already happened. Right? The grace is, is there. You just have to open the gift. And, and if, if you're here today in person, you're watching online, or wherever you're at, you, just, you need to know that God loves you that God paid the price for your life and for your eternity, and he's asking you to accept it. And if you've never done that, then I, I hope that you will do that right now. Right? Realize that nothing matters without God. And again, you just have to pray and accept and open your life and your heart to who God is. Because we all end up there. We cannot escape. But we can escape our eternal death. Right? We, we can escape that. that that's, that's the story of the gospel. You need God in your life. Again, if something feels like it's missing in your life, I'll tell you, that's what it is. You can pray and receive Christ as your Savior today. And if you have joined the journey of faith, if you've already received Christ as your Savior, 
right? And you already, your, your eternity is already sealed, right? But yet we also learn from him, right, that, that the things in life that really matter and that we've been given time on this earth and we need to use it for God's glory, not for ours, right? And that starts with us growing in our own faith, right? Moving forward, learning more about who God is, about who we are, and about what our role is in God's plan. And just as he said, talk is cheap, follow through, do what God's telling you to do. And so again, I don't know where you're at in your faith journey today. If you've never joined the journey of faith, I, I hope that you will pray and accept Christ today as your Savior and open up your life. If you have received Christ as your Savior, right, then I hope that you will do exactly what he tells us to do here, and that is to pursue deeper relationship. Pursue deeper relationship with your God, for growing in your faith, and pursue deeper relationships with other people around you, because that's what really matters. Take a step forward in your faith today. Right? Whether that's receiving Christ as your Savior, whether that's moving forward in your faith, whether it's simply even just praising God for everything he's brought into your life. Because the only thing that is not Hebel is God. This brings me to my final thought today, and that is this. No amount of notoriety or position can ever replace the fulfillment that relationship brings, especially your relationship with God. So what is most important in your journey? Is it God? Is it relationships? Because people are not heaven. God is not heaven. And wherever you're at in your faith journey today, move forward in relationships. Again, our world is, is starving for community, right? And that's exactly what God gives us, right? If we receive him, bring him into our life and continue to move forward and grow in our faith. God, we praise you today, God, that you make life meaningful. God, even though this world is hebel and everything it has to offer is completely empty, God, we find meaning in you. And God, we thank you that it starts, God, with you loving us more than we can imagine with the fact that you sent Jesus to pay the price for our sin to step in our place and we praise you for that we thank you for that, we accept that into our lives and God as we go this week I pray Lord that we would praise you with our lives that we would continue to pursue the things that matter most and God that we would show this world who you are God through our own faith through how we love each other and how we love you and God, I pray that as we go this week, God, that you would guide us, that you would lead us, that you would provide everything we need. And God, that you would expand your kingdom through us, your church. Thank you for saving us. God, thank you for giving us meaning. Thank you for opening the doors in our lives that we need. And God, we will follow through. We will live out our faith every moment. We praise you and thank you today. Guide us as we go in Jesus' name. Amen.